16 minutes it is before 9 p.m. And uh, yeah, we had to leave that conversation there with uh, Dr. Aslam Dasu. I certainly hope we can uh, continue that uh, conversation next week and uh, starting to touch on some of the uh, questions around vaccination. Uh, and of course, I uh, would have also loved to hear from the good doctor some of his views on the political uh, issues of the day. Uh, certainly uh, somebody who uh, also has very strong views on that score. But uh, we certainly move on. And uh, uh, that being said, uh, joined now uh, for our Culture Talk segment uh, here on um, Metro FM Talk by Waim Williams, uh, who's a filmmaker and uh, a producer. And uh, yeah, producer of a film here about District 6 now. It's uh, 55 years and one week to the day uh, since uh, the people of uh, District 6 were evicted. Uh, and uh, those forced removals, of course, mirroring forced removals that we saw in many other parts of the country. Uh, and uh, that being said, a documentary here detailing the experiences of intergenerational trauma uh, put together here by uh, uh, Weam Williams, and uh, she joins me now on the line. Weam, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, yeah. Weam, you know, six years have gone into uh, putting together this documentary. I took a look at the trailer early on and uh, really, I mean, kudos uh, to you and the team, uh, both in production and post-production that put this together. Uh, but uh, let's maybe, I guess, uh, talk about the motivations behind the work and the genesis of the work. Uh, where did this particular idea to put together this particular documentary come from? Okay, um, it, it was a kind of organic process because I moved into a house that was restituted to my grandfather who had passed on. And um, before I moved there, I knew that I would make a film. I just wasn't sure what form the film would take. Um, and so I did a lot of like soul searching before I started. Um, and um, I made an application to the National Film and Video Foundation to do a documentary about District 6, and, and it was successful. And I also managed to secure some funds from the Foundation for Human Rights who supported the film. Um, and so it was a six-year-long process. It was a process of really understanding um, the land and the story of District 6. Um, and District 6, rising from the dust, is really telling the narrative of the land, like like a bit of a forgotten memory, you know. Um, and, and I think... Um, the, the, my film is unique in the way that the story is told because it's told from a very subjective perspective. So it's told from an insider's view looking out. So I returned to this land um, with a fledgling community and we were literally up against all odds because I think um, the bulk, well, I don't think, I'm sure, the bulk of the land in District 6 is vacant land, you know. Mm. And... Um, so the, the the way I needed to tell the story was to tell a personal story because um, the story of District 6 is an enormous story. Um, it spans over decades and um, there are many people who have a similar story to tell, but I decided to focus on telling the story of my family um, who are connected to District 6 for five generations. Yeah, yeah. I saw a clip in, uh, you know, the trailer. Um, I, I'm not sure who it is uh, who was sort of uh, speaking into the, the microphone who was saying, you know, it's quite gutting to, to, to come back to the place that was once your home and see it as a parking lot. Um, and, and I guess it speaks to not only just how sort of the space was flattened and sort of designed in, in whatever, you know, uh, the white people of Cape Town wanted it to be then, 
but it also still remains, I guess, a tragic scar that, uh, you know, very little of building it up has effectively happened even in the post-apartheid period. Yeah, I mean, the the open, vacant land is a reminder of that. Um, but also, my film, um, I mean, it asks the question, why did District 6 never ever become a white group area? For example, um, people of color were removed in all parts of the country and the city. Um, the southern suburbs, for example, is a perfect example of, of affluent white neighborhoods where, where black and, and you, you know, where black people once lived. Um, mm. And so um, my film asks this question, and, and um, you know, the research led to the hands of District 6 campaign. Um, this is why District 6 never became a developed um, white neighborhood. Um, uh. And Dalla Omar actually was one of the founders of Hands of District 6, who took the uh. plight for District 6 to, to the UN. And this is why the mosques and churches in District 6 were never demolished, you know. And, and those religious spaces are really nostalgic places for the people because people who lived in District 6 still frequent the same mosques every Friday, you know, or they go to the same church every Friday. But they have to come back to this open land where they once lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. I want, us, I want us to pause here for a second. We're going to take a quick spot okay. break. And uh, when we come back, I, I want us to talk through the creative process uh, okay, of putting sure. this together, the, the interactions and uh, the conversations you've had inside of your family, but also conversations with your family's own history. Um, and how those have come through. And uh, we'll also talk about some of the accolades. Uh, you know, uh, you've just been awarded the best short film at the Beyond the International Curve Film in Paris. And uh, uh, we also, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, see uh, some of your other work coming through. And uh, we will also get a chance to talk about that after this. And uh, it's our Culture Talk segment, and I'm joined by uh, Weam Williams, filmmaker and producer of uh, the uh, documentary District, District 6, Rising from the Dust. And uh, Weam, I guess, you know, a big part of, uh, you know, the uh, creative and the production process of uh, uh, this particular uh, production by yourselves is uh, Tribal Alchemy Productions. Uh, has been, I guess, a conversation both um, within your family, with uh, the present, the past, and uh, one would also argue, I guess, the future. Um, yes, I, I definitely think this film has a stake in the future of District 6. Um, the film is inextricably linked 
with the cause for the people to return to the land. Um, and so when we talk about the past, um, you know, I've, I've said this many times before, um, that my mother has never spoke to me about the forced removals. Um, my family always spoke to me about the beautiful memories they had of District 6. Um, we watched the Tully Peterson and David Kramer plays, and they would sing those old songs of District uh. 6. And it was always a very beautiful place they described, you know. Um, and and when I moved into District 6, it, it really awoken scars for me, and I call them intergenerational scars, because sure. I realized uh, what had happened to my family and how they had lost all of their land under apartheid. Um, and literally in the film, I spoke to my mother for the first time about forced removal and what our family had lived through. Um, and she relayed to me that uh, my grandfather had a tailor shop, which was in Caledon Street, and um, it uh. was called Hartley Tailor Shop. He was quite a bespoke tailor. And um, the family had gone on pilgrimage to Mecca, and when they returned, um, they, the shop was demolished by the state. And um, that shop had been in our family for three generations. So literally, the making of the film was the first time I really learned this part of my family's narrative, which I, I, I knew that they moved or they were removed from District 6, but I never mm. really knew the details, you know. And I sure. think it's a common phenomenon because many people who have watched the film have said exactly the same thing to me, that the elders really didn't want to talk about the forced removals. And um, the older people in, who have watched the film literally cry when they watch it because um, they see it as being their story and their story there on screen. Uh, 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 uh. You know, we are, I guess, you know, there's that dimension to it. And I'm quite interested in, you know, how different audiences have received this work. I mean, you, you got some support from uh, a few of our government agencies to support uh, uh, this work, NFEF, and uh, I understand, I think, one of the other uh, entities as well. Um, and you, you've managed to take this uh, to different audiences. How, how have some of those audiences interacted with this, uh, many of whom might not be familiar with the history of District 6? Um so um, I re-released the film on the festival circuit um, this year. Um, I resubmitted it to festivals um, towards the end of 2020. And I only completed the film um, at the end of August 2019. 2020, I was busy on other projects. And sometimes as filmmakers, we, we tend to forget that, you know, you need to market the film that you've just already made. Um, and so I decided to resubmit the film to festivals and there's been an overwhelmingly great response um, to the film. Um, I've been getting um, emails from several festivals asking for screeners. Um, we have a screening in Australia um, in May as well as India. Um, we've just won the best um, original story from the Florence Film Awards. And um, that, for me, is quite an achievement because um, I think the way in which the story tell, is told is quite original and it is quite authentic. And I, I listened a lot to my in intuition um, with regards to how the narrative was done and, and how the, um, the editing was done. But also as a filmmaker, I don't mean to sound airy-flairy, but I also... Well, 
have a magic realism element to my work, um, even though it's documentary. And mm. a lot of my work uh, deals with what I see in my subconscious, you know. Sure, so, sure, sure. Um, for example, um, I changed some of the editing around my grandfather, the scenes, because I had vivid dreams of him um, mm, actually mm. relating to me that I needed to change certain things. Yeah, uh, but also talk yeah. to us about recreating some of those scenes. I mean, I saw some of that footage. I was like, yeah, this looks very, very old, but you can see, I guess, you know, some of the people are contemporary actors that you've tried, I guess, to work with to recreate some of those scenes. Uh, what was that like? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we had a, a, a budget for a documentary, right? Mm. But we managed to pull off these um, scenes which, which look like fiction, which we, we needed mm. to use kind of fiction techniques to recreate um, these reenactment scenes. And um, uh, we, we shot it in Lower Hoodstock um, uh, where District 6 was, like in Chapel Street. Mm. Um, sure. and those houses have the, the original architecture of the homes in District 6. And, um, yeah, I mean, people watch the film and they, and they actually think it's archived, you know. Some people mm. have asked, is that like archive? But, you know, and then we're, we're like, no, it's, it's actually, you know, it's acting. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, it was a challenge within the, um, the limitations of my budget. Sure, but, sure. But we achieved it, you know, and, yeah, it worked. Yeah, no, no we are, and, uh, you know, I certainly... Hope that, uh, you know, as you re-release this, that uh, you get all of the accolades that you know, undoubtedly deserve. And maybe the last question on my end for South African audiences. I mean, this has already gone and won the best original story uh, in Florence, out in Italy. Um, but uh, for us back home, I mean, you know, uh, where do we get to see it? Okay, so I don't have any screenings confirmed in South Africa at the moment. And um, if there are festivals out there, they can reach out to me and certainly send me an email because that's what the uh, festivals in other countries have done. Um, they've sent me emails asking for screeners, fee waivers, etc. So, you know, a lot of people are asking me about where they can see the film in South Africa. Um, if a festival invites the film, certainly, you know, I know Durban International Film Festival, they have such strict criteria like you need to finish it by it needs to be have been finished in the last 12 months or something so you know we don't have a really great festival circuit in south africa actually there are lots of um uh. new new kids on the block kind of festivals and um i'm reluctant to participate in those because um they change their names and then you know it's not it's not a very solid um, platform, you know. So, uh, but it'd be great if it uh, could get on, get onto a platform, an online platform, or even broadcast, and and then the country can can watch the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's hope let's hope that uh, I guess the the TV bosses up of, up the road here at the public broadcaster are listening <laughs> to this, and uh, maybe they might, I guess, uh, consider uh, really playing it because uh, I think it's the type of work that uh, we really need to get into uh, every uh, dining room and uh, I guess every household. But uh, Wiam, it's been a great pleasure catching up with you. I wish you all of the best once again. Congratulations on uh, all of the accolades that you've received. And uh, of course, some of them coming a day before the 55th commemoration of the forced removals at District 6. And uh, I guess we thank you for uh, really pouring your heart out into this type of work, which uh, is so critical to how we think of ourselves, where we come from and where we're going. So thank you very much. Okay, and thank you for your insightful interview. Um, thank you for having me on your show.
Yeah, really appreciate it. Uh, we are Williams, uh, filmmaker and producer there of uh, District 6 Rising from the Dust. Uh, it's a documentary I certainly hope we're going to be able to see here in South Africa. I mean, from just what I've seen in the trailer, uh, I, I certainly want to watch it. Uh, it's a little after 9 p.m. now. We're going to have to leave it here, folks.